Hello, and welcome to Gifts of the Weird. I am Jan Tiert, your host, and I am thrilled to have my new friend, Chris Allen, with me. And Allen, Chris, Chris Allen has been studying witchcraft and paganism since 1992. He is a founder of, and minister of the Fellowship of the Phoenix. He is a, also a magister of, for, this, for a circle in the traditional witchcraft. He is a Native American pipe carrier, and he has been involved in Nordic witchcraft since 2005. He has published the books Upper World, Shamanism and Magic of the Celestial Realm, and is the author of the upcoming book, Otherworld, Ecstatic Witchcraft for the Spirits of the Land. Chris, Hi. welcome to Grits of the Weird. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. It is wonderful to have you with me, and it is wonderful to uh, be uh, to introduce people to who you are and to your books and to have this experience uh, as we're kind of hunkering down uh, during the COVID uh, pandemic, isn't it? I'm so excited to be here. Um, it's so strange because in, the only communication that I have is through like a video chat or phone or in this case, podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> this is the only human er- interaction I have other than my partner, but I see him all the time. <laughs> yeah. And on Instagram, you're quite plentiful with uh, posting videos of some of your walks. And when you go up to the roof of your building, <laughs> yeah, my I'd stairs. love seeing that. What's that? <laughs> In my stairs, because so um, we're not supposed to like, you know, we can't go to the gym. And my partner, he likes to do um, group fitness classes on like on YouTube and I hate them. And so we try to compromise. He goes, well, let's go up and down the stairs. And so just because I thought it was strange, I'm like, I'm going to record this so people can know my pain. I'm going up and down these stairs, like seriously, four flights of stairs for like 45 minutes. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That is pretty crazy. (laughs) Well, Well, I was going to say, my partner is Italian, so we eat a whole lot all the time. And so if I'm not doing something, oh, my God. (laughs) You have definitely got to work off that pasta, don't you? (laughs) Um, and we just made a tub of it just the other day. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm tired of eating pasta. <laughs> well, uh, my husband is a wonderful cook. And I have discovered a slight gluten intolerance. So Uh-oh. I can still have it, but I just have to have it in very small, small amount. So he's been very sweet in trying to find gluten-free I was about uh, to say, don't they have that? It won't taste the same. But won't, I mean, they have gluten-free pasta, don't they? When, when you have a good sauce, doesn't matter what the pasta is. In my right? opinion, it's all about the sauce anyway. The sauce is amazing, and he's done some amazing <laughs> things. Uh, the other night, he made a beautiful and wonderful uh, uh, eggplant parmesan, which oh. uh, and he also layered in some some zucchini and some. Uh, it was a it was a very strange bell pepper. I'm not one for green or red bell peppers, but this one was like <laughs> a red and yellow mix, and it was very sweet and yummy. Yeah. And uh, he added that in there, right? And some and some ground up turkey to kind of add a little meat flavor and tons of cheese. Oh and God, you're making me hungry, and I just ate. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was fantastic. So that's awesome. Hey, so we have some really cool stuff. Um, first of all, I I, w- I just want to say that I have been enjoying the videos that you've been putting out recently called Mystic Chat. And they're available on YouTube. Yeah. And how can people find Mystic Chat so that they can look at the past versions of them and then subscribe and get a hold of some of them when they regularly come out? 
So just Google uh, Chris Allen, uh, Chris, C-H-R-I-S, and Allen, A-L-L-A-U-N. Eventually, I'll probably have a separate channel for that, but right now we're just getting started. So I'm just putting it under um, my own account and things like that. And I have to tell you, I'm having so much fun because I see people talk on videos all the time, and sometimes it gets kind of... I don't know. I fast forward a lot through people because, you know, I'm like, okay, okay, I'm getting bored here, you know. And so I, you know, I've, I've been in the community here in Chicago for such a long, long time. And I know some experienced, good, cool, interesting, magical uh, people. And so I wanted to get people who have had different cultures, different backgrounds, different experiences. And we did the first show. And I remember telling them, it's like, hey, you know, we're going to have it a live class, but we're recording it. And it's not really a class, uh, like a talk or whatever. And I said, don't stress out about it. Just be yourself. Enjoy. I just want to have fun. And what came out of it is these, oh my God. God, you can't find this this information in books sometimes. I, I was like, you guys are so talented. You amaze me. And like, you know, I told them, I'm like, you know, we're going to talk over each other sometimes. You, We're not going to agree, and that's okay. <laughs> but everything they say is so, like, good. And, and someone said the other day, I was like, Chris, on some of them, you don't talk a whole bunch. I'm like... That's because they're so uh, good. I don't want to stop the conversation because they're so good at what they do. It's true. And of course, one of your guests, your regular guest is Luke Babb. And Luke joined us on episode 33. And we talked. Yeah, (laughs) I do too. We talked about Loki and and relationships with Loki. And that came up in your mystic chat last weekend. (laughs) Of by the time this gets posted, it will be have been several weekends ago. So that was Mystic Chat 4, I believe. Uh-huh, yeah. So Mystic Chat 4, and Luke brought up working with Loki and uh, a lot of other apps. Uh, the whole episode was about um, talking about Nordic heathenry and things about uh, Nordic, the things that we in heathenry are dealing with, such as racism and other types of uh, uh, dealing misogyny with Loki and misogyny and, and things stuff, like yeah. that. It was a very interesting discussion. So um, I will uh, link to your YouTube channel. That's awesome. And I will try to link directly to that specific episode. But please, everyone, check out the rest of the Mystic Chats that will have come before. We're recording right now, Mystic Chat number four, and those that will come out later. uh, (laughs) Because they will be coming out for a while, I'm quite sure. Yeah, we're doing it um, every Saturday at 4 p.m. Central Time. However, after the quarantine is over, I'm probably going to have to change it to a better day because a lot of us, myself included, normally I'm a massage therapist and healer by uh, uh, by day. And so I'll probably have to go back to work on Saturday. So <laughs> you may have to change the day, but uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. They'll still be coming out. That that that's yes. probably something that will be yeah. for sure. Chris, I'm really this is really great because we got introduced through um Conla Freyason, who is the originator of the Hyder Craft. Yeah. And um he sent me a connection to you. And I, I think we've probably crossed paths here and there and we've probably seen <laughs> each other posting things. Uh, because when I was like, oh, I, I recognize that name for some reason. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think we've interacted personally. We hadn't, 
But I was just like, wow, okay, let me check this out. I really love some of the work that you're working on. And you tell tell us a little bit about your your basic your pagan history in a nutshell. <laughs> my pagan history in a nutshell. Oh my god, I don't know if well, I can do the, it. I'll the try. Peanut I'll nutshell, the peanut <laughs> shell was um, the introduction, which kind of just gave a little bit of everything. Uh, but uh, tell us a little bit about you and how you came to Nordic witchcraft and your work with the Fellowship of the Phoenix. And then we'll talk about some of the other stuff later. Oh, goodness gracious. So um, I came to um, witchcraft back when I was in high school back in 1992. And so now everyone knows how old I am. <laughs> <But anyway. laughs> um, you know, as a high school kid and I read the basics and things like that. And I studied and I read and so forth and so forth. And then um, I got formal training in 2001 after studying on my own for such a long time. And then I was ordained as a, um, a minister. And it was so funny because my uh a teacher, he was just like, hey, Chris, you have a whole lot of talent. And so I would like to invite you to my traditional witchcraft group. And this was like 2001. And can I say traditional witchcraft? Isn't it all the same? <laughs> no, it's not. And so he introduced me and I just gravitated uh, towards it. And partly it's because the uh, tradition that he was in and what I was initiated in back in 2002, um, it's very earthy. And I don't mean necessarily like the earth mother per se, like that's a little bit of it. It's more of a put your hands in the dirt, grab some bones and call the spirits and and listen to the trees. And that was our witchcraft. And it was um, a lot. Um, it was a blend between like um, Welsh and a little bit of a, of a Nordic witchcraft. And then over the years, I started my own uh, group and I and I changed it to where it was exclusively Nordic witchcraft because so, so my patron and Magatron has always been like Greco-Roman, like Apollo, Diana, Asclepius and all that. But as soon as I uh, uh, found the heathens and, and, and the Nordic um, pantheon, I really gravitated towards that. And the more I journeyed with them and learned the tradition and stuff like that, it's just the more I did it. And if you notice, I have a whole lot of different paths because I am a pipe carrier and I've been initiated with the OTO and things like that. I'm one of those people who, once I master something, um, I still walk the path, but I want to tackle something else. So I wanted to learn ceremonial magic. So I joined the OTO. I wanted to learn how to become a energy healer. So I learned to become a um, Reiki master teacher and, and so forth and so forth. And so, I mean, and I still do all those things, but the trick is, is, is you, you have, you have to ration out your time for certain things. So, <laughs> so I do all of those things. That's a lot to do. <laughs> that's, that's a very lot to do. Well, uh, but I've also been doing it for almost a 30 years, too. You know, it would get boring if I was just doing this. I'm a Gemini. I can't stop. I got to keep going. 
<laughs> we talked offline about me being an Aquarian, so I totally understand that uh, having a lot of different projects in the air or different things to work on. So it kind of keeps things interesting. Um, how, how did you how did you find an interest in the Nordic witchcraft aspect of things or the Nordic pantheon? What drew you to that? What are some of the gods and goddesses that you work with? Um, as Luke mentioned in Mystic Chat number four, he was talking about there's kind of like three main groups uh, in, within the the, Nor- the the Germanic and Norse pantheon, which is the Aesir, the Vanir, mm-hmm. and the the Jotuns or the Rocker. Uh, what drew you to kind of that dealing with that? And I always like to caveat that because. <laughs> It's so popular now with the Marvel Thor and all that. So I'm sure it wasn't Marvel that drew you there, but maybe no, it was. Because it was so, no, it was so many years before that. Um, so in the traditional craft that I was initiated to, we did um, shaking and, sw- and a swaying save, but I didn't go, I didn't have a word for it per se. I would just do it. And so, um, so come to find out, they're like, oh, you're doing shaking and swaying. Do you know what that is? I'm like, no, I don't. What is it? And so I, I found a book by Jan Fries, of course. And I was like, okay. And at the same time, because he, you know, it's always at the same time when all this stuff happens. You know, your, I guess your aura opens up or whatever. But someone kept coming to me who who wasn't heathen. I'm just like, you, you remind me. This is gonna sound strange. He says, you remind me of prayer. I'm like. I don't know who that is. You're like, read this uh, uh, Nordic mythology book and you'll find out. So so I read Frere, his mysteries and his mythology, and I was just like, hmm, a god of sexuality who pines and loves someone he can't have and then threatens her with magic. Um, <laughs> okay, I, I dig it. Okay. And so can, can the more, like, I don't really... I honor the Esir as in I appreciate them, but the um, the veneer that's my jam. And and also it's interesting because in um, in traditional craft, the branch I was initiated to, um, our goddess is uh, Frahulda, and in folklore and Germanic folklore, they kind of blend Hela and Frahulda together. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like some of her attributes are for Holda, but she's also the uh, pale-faced goddess of the underworld, and and she has half a face. And I was like, okay. And so p- p- between all those things put together, I started to research and research and research. And then finally, I started to meet other people who did heathenry. And I was so very happy because I was like, Wow, it's like the mothership is calling me home. I love it so much. That's really great. Uh, as most of my longtime listeners know, I am very, very, very much connected to the Vanir as well, and connected to Frey, Freya, and Heimdall, Ul, and uh, that's a very, very exciting amount of company to be connected to. <laughs> So you're, well, you know, and, and I didn't mention this for some reason, but I, I have a very strong connection to like Freya and Freya, of course. I think I almost say that's a gay man thing that, that we're always <laughs> attracted to Freya. Hello. Um, also I, to, <laughs> she must love us very much. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, it does I'm seem to hate be hate for saying this, but she's the ultimate fag hag. But <laughs> <laughs> fruit fly. <laughs> here come, here come the, here come the hate mail. <laughs> um, 
But I also and gravitate on at mysticchat.com. <laughs> right. I'm fine with it. I don't care. Uh, <clears throat> but I also gravitate heavily towards the three uh, uh, Norns. You know, I, I love those mysteries. Um, so if you ever follow the, um, Robert Cochran tradition of, uh, traditional craft, he actually calls the goddess fate. He, he kind of blends the three norns as, as the, um, the goddesses of fate and the, and the goddess as one and the same, or I should say one of her attributes. So, um, I didn't, and I don't gravitate towards them because of Cochran. I just made that you know, connection, but I love the idea of fate and, and they have this whole tapestry of our lives weave together and the type of, um, of an, of an, I do a Nordic shamanism. So like I journey to, uh, to the, uh, the other worlds all the time. And I talk to the Norns, I give them offerings um, I've learned from them different things and techniques and mysteries and on all types of things. In fact, I prefer to actually just journey to all the gods and be with them and spend time with them versus, I mean, I give them offerings as well and ceremony, but I prefer just to spend time with them in the energy world, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Norns are very, they're very interesting to work with, aren't they? I, I have found, I, don't, I have found that they, <laughs> That's <laughs> I don't what I think. <laughs> it's really interesting. It's really interesting to hear that you are connected to the Norns as well. Oh my God! Yeah, because it, it seems that I, I guess it's because people who are really connected through Sage and it's just an observation. It seems that um, it really connects a lot with Norns and the Vanir. I just love the openness that we have within within that, and so it's really wonderful to to, to, to hear you well, say I that. I have a theory. I have a theory about that. Oh. Because, okay. So you have to remember, like as gay people, especially if you um, uh, grew up before uh, two thousand, you know, like we did, um, it's throughout all history, free gay people, you know, gay men and women, LGBTQ plus, um, we've always pushed the boundaries. You know, um, we've been. Um, we do drag. We wear clothes that we're not supposed to. Um, we challenge gender norms. Um, we cross the barrier because, um, you know, and I'm sure you are too, uh, but I belong to several like heathen groups on Facebook and blah, blah, blah. And, and one of the groups, um, was, I think, a reconstructionist group, I guess. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I told them, I said, I don't plan to join because I already have like a thousand groups I belong to, but I would <laughs> love to be a guest at one of your ceremonies. He goes, yeah, come to a bloat and it'll be fun. I'm like, okay. And he goes, he, he, he texted me and he goes, I'm going to have to resend the invitation. And I said, okay, that's Odd, I've never heard that before, but okay. And he said, the reason isn't, and, and I appreciate his honesty, and he wasn't mean, he was just expressing his 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 views. And he said, in our tradition, uh, Nordic people don't do magic. And I'm like, what? Exactly. And <laughs> What? He says, and he says to me, oh, the common people didn't. And I was like, that's correct. The common people probably didn't. But, and he says, oh, 
Um, we're set up to have one person who does the rungs, one person who's allowed to do the high seat, and no one else is supposed to do ritual, ceremony, or um, or even personal. Because I know from being a minister, I have specific training for specific rites of passage. But if you want to do man, um, magic and, and raise the dead and call the gods, hey, power to you. But yeah. But, but I'm finding a, a, a lot of people are scared of the norms. Like, oh, if you mess with fate, I'm like, I'm not really messing. What kind of messing with fate? And just f- so everyone knows, if you do a spell, you're messing with fate. I know you're not supposed to say that, but you're messing with fate. You just are. Even if you do a healing, you're messing with fate. That being said, I think gay people are used to pushing the envelope and and being between the worlds. And quite frankly, we're used to being hated on and abused. And we're fine just doing our own thing. And and we're not afraid of the things. That's why I've also noticed there's a lot of gay people in witchcraft. Holy crud. Holy crud. <laughs> Yeah. And at first, and I do believe that there's something very sacred about the queer identity and things like that, because, he, 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 you know, some of us and I used to say it was because we're like two spirit. You know, we have the female energies and the male energies. But I think that doesn't disservice to the gay people who don't feel like that. I know many gay men who are 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 very spiritual and say I don't feel feminine at all. I just don't. And so I quit saying that because I think it does a disservice to those magical people. So I think it's more of um, what I've come and maybe my mind will change later on. But I feel like the reason we gravitate towards the veneer and we uh, gravitate towards the three norns and things like that is because we're not afraid to push the boundary. We're just not, you know? Yeah, it seems it seems that there's a lot of that, like you said, pushing the boundary or living outside of the the prescribed roles and things that uh, that some aspects of society try to assign to uh, people and it's also very interesting because while it seems like uh, Loki is is a, f- a very good friend of a lot of people who push the boundaries because he himself or they themselves uh, push the boundary as well as and challenge different thinking and challenge different ways of doing things and and just kind of like crossed over into a lot of different aspects of things. And even if uh, the stories are just allegory from the lore that we know is f- from the Eddas and from the other the stories, one thing is, is fairly common among Loki is that Loki pushed those boundaries and, and challenged those, those norms and those, those things that we are comfortable in. It, 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 they challenge the, the comfortableness that we have, don't you think? And I think that's important. I think, um, you know, and I don't, oh my, my God, I've taught so many classes. I can't even re- remember which class I taught this in just this week. But um, <laughs> um, so like I was just uh, the other day talking about tricksters and trickster spirits and trickster deities and how they actually have a bad name. Um, you know, everyone's afraid of uh, Loki and in the Native American community, especially in Lakota, 
they are very, um, they honor Coyote, but they are very hesitant to call him into a ceremony, not because he isn't sacred. In fact, he is very healing, extremely healing, and there's a, um, and there's um, a um, mystery to that. But it's because of the chaos, and and I think trickster spirits are great because, as you know, they they um, make us fall on our ass. <laughs> And then, because they're trying to teach us, hey, don't be so full of yourself. Two, you gotta laugh at yourself. And three, you gotta learn to pick yourself, pick yourself up off the ground all by yourself without any help. So, at the time when you're on the ground, it sucks. You're like, oh man, I, I hurt. I'm sore. I'm bleeding. But oh my god, I picked myself up, and wow, I accomplished this. That's what tricksters do, and that's why um. Loki's great because, I mean, he did all these crazy things, but he gave the gods fabulous tools, right? Exactly. <laughs> that's that's a, that's a great thing to remember. Is that you know, I I love how you phrase some of that from that because there are some wonderful aspects of order and boundaries and knowing where social norms are and where things are and how how we interact with each other. There's also the wonderful aspect that that Loki and other what they're called trickster, and I'm air quoting trickster because I think they're more like just uh, bringing us different ways of thinking. Um, but um, how Loki and them challenge us to be innovative and to think about different things and to find new solutions to things that we might just kind of feel as commonplace or ignore because we might think, well, that's just the way it always is. Well, no, sometimes, sometimes we've got to turn over that, that leaf and look underneath and see, what is that? How can we challenge ourselves? How can we make things better? How can we do different things? Exactly. Exactly. I, I would, <laughs> I think we're on the same page on the same wavelength because I was just having this conversation about how just because it's old doesn't mean it's, we have to do it all the time. Like I know we were talking before the show about, yes, honor the tradition, but you also need to evolve. We need to grow because the gods evolve. You can't tell me that the gods after 5,000 years are not evolving. I think that they're evolving. I think they're changing. I mean, they're still who they are. I mean, Freya is always going to be Freya. But who says that she can't change a little bit? She's a goddess. You can't tell her no, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So that's it's 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 imagining how the gods and goddesses um, change over the years, just as humanity has and and culture and community has, and the you know, and of course we envision them as we know as we know them through our through our own cultures today. Uh, modern cultures, and that's how we depict them. And that's how it's always been and it probably always will be. Absolutely. Yeah, Chris, one of the things that you have mentioned several times is uh, a connection to Native Amer American spirituality. Yeah. And you have mentioned in your, your mystic chats and in other ways that you are Native American mm -hmm. and that you connect with Native American spirituality in a way. Um, tell me a little bit about that and how that connects with and Nordic spirituality. <laughs> well, how that connects with Nordic spirituality and how you can blend the two together and work together with both of them. That's very interesting to me. 
So one of the things is that you have to remember Native American spirituality and you have to, and each uh, tribe is a little bit different. As you know, you have the Lakota, the Apache, the Cherokee, the Navajo, and so forth and so forth and so forth. And some of them have um, a blended spirituality and, and ideas, but not all, you know, and I was uh, trained in the um, Apache and the uh, Lakota. And the reason is, is is that so my grandfather i was actually named after him because my um middle name was john and his uh, first name is john um full-blooded cherokee and um i never knew knew him because he died before i was born and so we never really talked about it and then when i was doing um um, magic and spirituality uh, spirituality and heathenry stuff like that i was just like hey i want to um, learn about my um, American side. So I found a teacher, Billy Topatate, and um, and she's Apache, but she worked a lot with the um, Lakota spirituality. And so that's how I was trained with all that. And I knew, and, and I noticed because the, his kind of happened the same time I got involved with both at the same time. They re- they re- really killed their spirits, you know. They really honored the earth, and 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 you know we talk about in paganism, oh um, Mother Earth and stuff like that. Well, a lot of those ideas actually came from in the Native American spirituality because uh, there are some absolutely uh, there are some pagan traditions who do have an earth mother of some sort, like the Greek Gaia and, and so forth. But even the term Mother Earth, it, it basically in this country, in the U.S., we um, we get that idea from the Native people. But anyway, and so um, when I was doing both of this at the same time, I always felt that they complemented each other. The only difference is that the Native people don't use any alcohol at all. But what they do is they... Um, give offerings uh, through the uh, tobacco pipe smoke, and you pray with the um, with the pipe. It's called a chanupa. Mm-hmm. Um, and and how they do their offerings, and how they the uh, native people and the heathen people like speak to the ancestors and speak to the land and speak to the spirits and and all that. It's very similar. It's just a a, a different view or not even that it's a different uh, vocabulary and stuff because you know a lot of the heathen spirituality that, that i was exposed to is very tribal to me you know and i prefer the uh, ceremonies that are very like put your feet in the earth get your hands in the earth you know like don't be afraid to get dirty and so that's why i gravitated to uh, to both and i learn about you know the sacred fires and and just different things and and i think they complement each other but in different ways it's almost like two different pieces of of the puzzle like they're can they cut exactly but they're also similar enough to fit into each other hmm. that's a really interesting uh, connection there <laughs> speechless <laughs> well you know it's really interesting how it shows how similar uh, things are and then yet how we how gods and goddesses and nature spirits and beings have revealed themselves differently to people based on how they connect with the land, how they connect with each other, how they right. build societies and communities, isn't it? 
That's right. That's exactly it. And, you know, a lot of, and I could only speak to, to a, you know, Apache and, um, and Lakota, but they don't have gods per se. Right. But they do have like what we call higher spirits. We call them the grandfathers and the grandmothers. And if you want to like split hairs, they're very similar, but you have to respect it because, you know, the Native American people don't like to be called, called pagan. Even though it looks pagan, they honor the earth, they honor the ancestors, they honor the moon, the sun. They don't like to be called pagan because... Um, their religion, you know, like paganism, was illegal, and and several million people died because of it. Several million. It was a genocide, and so when they were called called pagans by the white people as they saw their friends die, they really don't like to be called pagan. And I actually had a hard time with that because I'm like, but it's the same thing. So, um, you know. It's, it's one of those things about, like, for example, the differences and the things that are the same, sometimes it's almost, how can I explain it? It's kind of like um, you have to switch your worldviews. So when I'm in heathenism or when I'm in a, 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 a Nordic ceremony, I have to, it's the same energy, but I have to switch my, um, my glasses on or I have to... Take off the blue shaded glasses and put the green shaded glasses on just so it's a similar energies, but I have to see it through a different viewpoint. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. Yeah. I think that works a lot with a lot of a lot of spirituality is to connect with the way that the people connect to the land and the spirits and they reveal themselves to in different ways to the people that makes most sense to them. Absolutely. And, you know, in my classes, I teach something that I'd like to call psychic goggles. You know what, uh, you know what beer goggles are? You know, you get drunk and, <laughs> and you see <laughs> things a little differently. Kind of the same thing, but for psychic abilities. So, for example, everyone has a different uh, culture, a different upbringing, a different thought pattern, a different way, like how we learn. We even have a different speech pattern and so forth. So if you take that same idea and incorporate it into your psychic abilities and how you see the energies, um, we're going to perceive, or each each culture and each of us as individuals are going to perceive the psychic energies or the earth energies or the God energies according to our own world of view. So the Native American people, of course, they see higher spirits as animals because that's their world view, you know. And, the, and then you have you have heathens who view things a certain way, and that's their worldview. You may be seeing the exact same energy, but how you're perceiving it according to your culture, your upbringing, your hopes and fears, um, um, your thought patterns, and so forth is going to color how you see things. And so, you know, potato, potato, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Yeah. Yeah, interesting, interesting indeed. And I love that you bring that you're able to integrate your your Native American connections with your your European connections and they work together harmoniously with one another as the ways that you express yourself spiritually. That's really awesome. 
(laughs) (laughs) You know, and and just for clarification, uh, a piece of trivia, you never call a Native American spiritual leader a shaman. You call them a Native American spiritual leader or if they're in Lakota or whatever tribe that they are. Um, But one of the spiritual leaders said, the most powerful way to talk to the spirit is to open your heart and just listen. Right. Just listen. Like enough of the stories, enough of this teacher said that, that teacher said this, or, or this Gardnerian circle said this, and this uh, Golden Dawn circle said this. What does your heart say? And if you're wrong, that's okay because by you having that point of view, even if it's if you're on your own and nobody else thinks this, there's a lesson in it just for you and your spiritual growth. And that's what's important about spirituality. It isn't about my growth or your growth. It's about the person who's having that tangible experience. And to have a tangible experience, open your heart and just listen. Just listen. That's it. That's all I got to do. And with that, thank you for listening to Gifts of the Weird. I don't know what else to say after that. <laughs> I love it. Wow. That thank you for saying that. That's so amazing. Those that's some of the things that I really appreciate that the gods and goddesses have revealed to me personally. And we have so much oh oh that's UPG or that's your personal gnosis or and sometimes that's said with such disdain or or venom. It's such a great thing that that what you just said is that that's a message for you. That's mm-hmm. your personal experience and your interaction with spirit and divine and gods and goddesses, however they're defined in your in your practice. Wonderful. Thanks. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and the funny thing is, is that I didn't really learn that until I started to do um, ceremonies with the uh, Lakota because it's so simple but oh my God, it's profound because just like I said, I'm a Gemini. So my brain is going at a thousand miles an hour. And I have perspectives all the time, doesn't it? <laughs> a bajillion perspectives. And so um, so I had teachers, I mean, good teachers are like, you know, this is, let's help you meditate. Let's help you relax. But this, he doesn't even call himself a teacher. He goes, you know what? I just talk to the spirits. That's all I do. And he's awesome. He was like, I just, I talk to spirits. That's all I do. And whatever comes out, comes out. And I may be full of crap, but whatever. And I was just like, no, you're pretty amazing, you know. (laughs) But he was just like, you have to stop making things so hard in spirituality. Yes, some techniques you have to be at a certain level. I mean, you can't do a God invocation. Yes, you know what you're doing. But mm-hmm. to have the experience and, and feel the gods, you got to just just take a breath and open your heart. And it's quite that simple. And if something pops into your head, scream again, bro, when you first learned magical practice. And a bunch of those old books would be like, don't think of anything. Just relax and don't think of anything. How that was so hard, right? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Remember, meanwhile, I think of everything. <laughs> well, the whole time I'm thinking, don't think of anything. Crap! I just, I did it again. And so then he says, so what? Who cares? Just 
open your heart, man. Like, just chill. It sounds hippie, but oh my God, it was so true. And and, and I started to put that in the in, in practice. I'm like, oh, oh, let me try it on Freya. Oh, oh, okay. Let me try it on my ancestors. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Okay. And, and, and of course, people are like, I think Chris has lost his mind, but whatever. <laughs> That's a whole different show. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll, we'll do the Chris has lost his mind show later. <laughs> Part two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris, I'm looking at a, a kind of a listing of your books and your upcoming book, Otherworld. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of noticing a theme here. And I want to see, I want to get your kind of take on this. Uh, so we have, they may or may not be in order the way that I'm going to read them, except for <laughs> the last one, which is going to be your upcoming book. But you have, Upper world, underworld, and other world. Yeah. And um, now in heathen and Nordic spirituality, Germanic spirituality, we have nine other worlds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that we that we incorporate and we work with. And here you're working on three so far. Um, what is your perspective on the other than the physical realm that we're working with? Um, tie us into that and how the theme of these books are that you're working on. So. Um, with all of the different traditions I belong to, the cosmology that I really resonate with is the um, is Yggdrasil and in and the benign worlds. Uh-huh. Uh, I break them up three and three and three. So so three worlds in the upper world, three worlds in the middle world, three worlds in the underworld. So it's kind of like that was hard to explain. So you have an upper world, a mid world and an underworld of each of the three worlds. So it's like upper world of upper world, um, mid world of upper world and so forth and you know, all the way down. But, um, you know, part of the reason I even did that is um, I've always been uh, big into shamanism and indigenous cultures. And to be honest, it was uh, through shamanism and things like that that even brought me the heathen three because I was like, okay, so the Allfather rides a horse on a world tree like shamanism. He he trances out. He raises the dead. That's my jam. You know, this is that. <laughs> right? And so, and, you know, I started out with Underworld. And the reason was because when I first tackled that project, no other books were really talking exclusively about the Underworld and the ancestors and the dead, it was always like, you know, how I approach everything, how I approach all of my teachings, all my magic, all my books, is it through the eyes of a healer. Like, whenever you do to anything, you need to have an open heart, you need to have compassion, and you need to seek to find balance. And if you if you have an open mind and open heart, then you're going to be okay, you know. But, but I wanted to really showcase the ancestors because the ancestors are very important to me. And that's just one thing I gravitate to. And I work with the ancestors every single day, if nothing else, a prayer or a meditation or a journey or something. And I wanted to talk about that. And the other thing I wanted to talk about in the underworld is – when I was doing research, you know, because how it all started, I was teaching classes on the ancestors, and so I would just read random things, and I noticed all these different cultures had very similar beliefs and 
and, and up until a few hundred years ago, they had no contact with each other. So I thought that was really cool. And so, he, he, you know, I've been criticized that, oh, all of his books are a hodgepodge of different traditions. I was like, yes, thank you for noticing. They are a hodgepodge of different <laughs> traditions because I'm trying to show the comparison and just like how I do different traditions, how you can learn. So I don't think one spirituality or one tradition has the corner of the market on anything. And I think that um, at least for myself, other people may feel differently, but at least for myself, I understand spirit as a whole through the lens of other traditions. And that's just how I see it. Um but I'm also a little crazy, so maybe it's that. I don't know. But um, but anyway, and so I wanted to show all these different things. And it's so funny because um, I've always grown up that I don't give a crap about what people think of me. I just – I don't. I think it's because, you know, growing up gay and having a stutter and everything else, you just learn to have a thick thick a skin. And so, um, you know, every single book was criticized about something like the underworld book was criticized because you're like, Oh, how can you teach people how to summon, summon the dead? I'm like, I'm not forcing them. I'm, I'm, I'm inviting them just like how you invite the gods. I think that's another thing about us and gay people aren't afraid to push the boundaries and like walk between the worlds. Cause I'm like, why are you so afraid of the ancestors? It's, I think it's because some people are so afraid of death. And so they don't call the ancestors except on like Halloween and Samhain and things like that. And, and then the upper world, uh, cause I you have to remember, I wasn't initiated into the OTO, which is a ceremonial, um, a group and, and and there's also aspects of traditional crafts that have a a very strong hermetic Kabbalah slant to them. So I talk about angel magic and summoning the angels, but I also talk about summoning Lucifer, and he's also a big thing in in traditional craft too. And I got flack for that because we're like, oh, if you're a pagan, how do you work with the angels? I'm like, it's just energy. It's how it's just energy of of the celestial sphere. That's all you're doing. You know, so um, I'm waiting for other world for someone to say, that's not how you talk about fairies. That's not how you talk about nature spirits, but whatever. Everybody has an opinion. I'm okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if it's okay to say, I have been able to read other worlds and say, yay, (laughs) I get to get a preview of other world and uh, I'm enjoying it. Uh, There's some interesting stuff in there. There's some things that have made me go, that's a way that I haven't quite approached it or thought about it. Very interesting. And I, I, I really enjoy the, the aspects that, um, that you're bringing forth in Otherworld. And we'll talk more about that at a later time. So we're not going to talk too much about Otherworld now. <laughs> Teasers! <laughs> Teaser, absolutely. And Otherworld is due to come out in December. So it can be pre-ordered on Amazon right now or... Um, ask your local bookseller if they can order it for you uh, or pre-order it for you, and then you can pick it up from them. Support your local bookshop as much as possible is, is what I always encourage. Because you talk a lot about in a lot of your things about uh, shamanism or shamanistic style uh-huh. practices, yeah. and you also talk about sage work. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, there's a lot of crossover, and sometimes there's a lot of controversy about people talking about shamanism and to people conflating it or or equating it to 
uh, save work and things like that. And a lot, and there seems to be a lot of very similar practices. And it's, to me, it's kind of the same practice. It's just expressed itself in different cultures and it has different names. What have you noticed about working in Sayth and working in shamanistic style practices and Native American style practices that are very similar to that, that spirit walking that uh, you have noticed as you have explored those different pra- uh, walks through your studies? Yeah. <laughs> that's, there's a hey, that's huge, I know, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Um, so... Okay, so the uh, big thing right now is Native American appropriation. And it's so funny because I have blue eyes and I don't plan to hide them. And people are like, <laughs> oh, how can you do Native American stuff because you, you're white and have brown hair and blue eyes? I'm like, well, if you study genetics, it's okay to be mixed breed and sometimes you do have blue eyes. In fact, there are Native people who have lighter skin and lighter eyes that happens but that's not the point the point is is that like how they blend in and and i i'm trying to get away from using the word shaman so much just out of respect because i'm not an interesting thing when i did my um see how gemini's kind of go all, all over the place but i did a 23andme dna test and it, it said that i am three percent um siberian and i think that's because if you have native american blood you also have and have some asian blood which i do and some siberian and mongolian and so forth because of the migration but anyway um i'm trying to get a way of using the term shaman as much i still use the term as a, a a form of um language that we can all understand because if I say in the if I say traveling through the spirits some people know some people don't if I say shaman m- most people know what that means but I'm trying to be I'm working on myself as being a little bit more respectful to the Siberian people who use that term as as a title you know Which, because that's why I say shamanistic or shaman style yeah. and the thing is if you if I think as long as we're cognizant and as long as we are are being respectful to all the, the cultures, I think we're okay. Um, like I have people who tell me all the time, Chris, you can't use sage. I'm like, I actually can because it grows in, in this country like weed in certain places. And I was trained in a certain way through certain teachers who gave me permission to do certain ceremonies. So I actually can use it, you know. Um, but anyway, so you know when it comes to save there's you know there's a two types there's the shaking and swing that was popular guys by Jan Fries and then there's the high seat right that was popularized by Diana Paxson which she got from her core shamanism um which she got from her core shamanism stuff it's interesting because the shamans are like the high seat is not real shamanism. I was like, that's because we're not in Siberia. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> yeah. um, but but the idea is you journey out of body into the world, you know, and you get information and sometimes for healing, sometimes for oracles, sometimes f- for sorcery. And um, I perform both. I do enjoy the shaking and swaying a lot. It's one of my 
uh, it's one of my go-to practices and it's because it just for first of all I'm a I'm a dancer by well not by trade but by fun I guess and so I'm always moving and dancing and I'm a massage therapist and so I'm very body conscious and tactile yeah. so I love the aspect of moving your body into a trance and being able to summon the energies forth and talk and and speak into the spirits and and journeying through that way but I also think there's something very cool and it's so cool about the high seat and having your your robe and your staff and and, and the you know and I always say if you don't have the singers then you know get a good like um iTunes music <laughs> for your <laughs> your chance you know and just do that but there are a whole lot of similarities but it's almost like you're all we're going to the same place but how you get in there is different you know you may take a train you may hitchhike or you may take an airplane uh, but you're going to the same place for the same reason however we do need to make sure that we are being respectful to to different traditions and respectful to our own tradition as well because i know one of the big things is about what is white privilege well first of all white privilege is me explaining to you what white privilege is um but it's it's the idea that you know the native american culture was basically stolen from them it was illegal and they were repressed and if you've seen the reservations there's a lot of poverty and things like that and they're trying to they're trying to make it better and doing the best they can and to and to take aspects of someone's spirituality without, you know, even being part of that group or, or, or having teachers in that group, it's, you know, it's taking the energy away from them. Mm-hmm. But if you are trained by teachers, then you, you actually can do this and stuff like that. Um, because I've been, I've worked with several people to do, uh, the Inipi, the which is the uh, sweat lodge. And, you know, I haven't done a sun dance yet because there's certain requirements you have to do before. And I've done vision quests through a spiritual leader because technically, um, as he told me, in the, if you're not doing it in the traditional ceremonial way, you're just basically camping. That's what he told me. That's what my teacher told me. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, you know, but anyway, and so there's a whole um, lot of overlap. But, you know, I think the big concern is everyone's worried about uh, taking energy or taking more energy away from a tradition. And I think that's a very good practice. That's one of the reasons I'm trying to be, be better about saying, you know, shaman, because I don't say I'm a shaman. I do say I do shaman. Just like you, I say I do shamanistic practices or, or even core shamanism, things like that. Yeah, I, I've worked with Sage as well, and I've been in the high seat and more of the Diana Paxson style of teaching. I, I studied under somebody that studied with her. And uh, so I, I've enjoyed that aspect of connecting to the other worlds, uh, particularly the underworld, uh, going into Helheim and working through Norns and passing by the Norns and uh, the region of hell. Uh, so it's been really interesting when we've been able to do that. It's so cool. Isn't it amazing? It's just an amazing experience. You know, I thought it was strange because in some traditions, um, you know how you 
you uh, g- uh, go to the gate and things like that. And and I always thought it was weird because and um and one of the teachers was saying in the high seat that you know no matter how experienced you are, um, you shouldn't pass the gate of Helheim to actually go into the great hall. And I'm like. Oh, was I not supposed to do that? Because I do that all the time. I have tea with Hella sometimes too. Am I not supposed to? Which I think is weird because I'm like, that goes with that fear, you know? Like, yeah. oh, the yeah. dead are not for you. I'm like, well, maybe they're not, respectfully, maybe they're not for certain people. But for some of us, I'm completely uh, fine with the dead, you know? Like, what are you so afraid of? They're not going to hurt you. They're not going to take you down with with them if anything if anything um you know in some in some parts of asian culture um they believe that the ancestors um because specifically in in traditional chinese culture um they believe that the ancestors and the dead bring you good chi and and by bringing good chi from the earth itself it actually brings health and prosperity to the family so you want to have the ancestors. You want to work with the dead. Yeah, very interesting because I've led work where we've been with other people and we've we've come to the the region where it's either going in or not going in. And some people have different experiences at that point. And it's very interesting who hell decides to work with and the dead and how they decide to work. Maybe they bring us into a little reception hall, but we don't go all the way in. I don't know. <laughs> um, you get to wait in the waiting room. Hold on. <laughs> you know, it, it, what matters, what, what's the most important, though, is how they get, interact with us and that we get to interact with them. And that's Absolutely. the part of it. Yeah. How, how they represent it to us, that's all, that's all to make it comfortable and understandable to us in our finite minds. And, you know, uh, now that you say that, I'm wondering if it's just because I enjoy all things like frightening and weird and strange. And so I'm sure Hell is like, it's just Chris. Let him in. He's fine. <laughs> He's exactly. weird and backwards. So he'll be okay with us. He's fine. He'll be okay. He'll be okay. Like all the n- n- normal people who have some common sense. Okay. <laughs> Those are different. <laughs> because Chris don't have any sense there. That's Chris, um, before we 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 part, uh, you know, uh, and let people go on their ways. Uh, what are some ways that you think are, how do we say this, uh, for folks who may be uh, slightly hesitant to approach the gods, goddess, the beings, uh, or uh, who may find it difficult to get through some of those pathways, what are some ways that you think are the best way to navigate the the underworld or the other worlds. Uh, what are some things that you think are ways to uh, make it feel safe, mm-hmm. make it uh, comfortable, make it not so scary for well, those? For well, a couple things. I mean, we're pagans and witches and and and, and magical users, and so I mean, there are some things that are going to be strange and we just have to just know we're on third a third turf and so we can't expect them to accommodate us 
first and foremost. Two, again, just like I've been saying through the whole show, is if you have an open heart and you and you come from a place of respect and honor, and you're trying to understand and and being humble. And being humble doesn't mean you're subjugating yourself or you're being weak. It just means you're you're acknowledging that you're a human in someone else's house or someone else's property, and to and to have an open heart. And I found that the spirits, when they see that you have good intentions and you're trying to learn, and I remember at the beginning, I can remember. Going, okay, I'm a student. Like I would say this in the underworld. I'm a student. I'm trying to learn and understand. And I had great responses. They're like, come on in. Let's hang out. I mean, sometimes I would have like strange things happen, but we're pagans. I mean, we're strange. (laughs) I mean, it is what it is. (laughs) And some of it is like I've done journeys to like some darker places for healings or soul retrieval or or whatever. And it's just odd. I think you also have to know your basics of psychic self-defense. Like you have to know how to cut cords. You have to know how to open and shut the portals or if something decides to follow you back and let me tell you, audience, <laughs> when something follows you back, it's it's something silly. It's never like, oh, vampire, blah. It's always like, mm-hmm. oh, you're a strange little creature, almost like a, a goblin or something harmless or whatever. Let me put you back. You have to just go ahead to open up the portal and put them back. Um, or... Or ask your ancestors. This is another great reason to work with your ancestors. Say, ancestors, can you help me put this uh, this being, this creature, because you always want to have respect, um, this being back into the underworld, and they will. And so, when you have all those things, you know, you you know your basic self. Um, self-defense, you have respect, you have an open heart, you're trying to learn, and you understand that you're in their, their world, and if they accommodate us, then um, if they if they accommodate us, then that's great, but they don't have to, you know, and I'm also big on offerings, so even if I journey or do the high seat and nothing happened, or I do say that nothing happened, like, wow, I just had a mental block or it was real quiet today in the underworld. I still give offerings as thank you. And the, you know, a gift demands a gift. So they allowed me to make the entrance. And so I need to give offerings or a bloat or something to them. And then when you do all those things, which I think we should be doing that in real life, or, or I shouldn't say real, but the physical life, of we should have this honor and respect and open heart to all people. And then I think we'll be doing okay. You know, I I really like that. You mentioned that about the offerings. I've often, whenever I've led ritual or a journey or some sort of a meditation, I've always recommended to people. I'm like, as you enter your journey, envision an offering that you can take with you on that spiritual journey but make it an offering that you can duplicate in the physical realm. And then as you get into your, your, your spiritual journey, make that offering there. But once we get back, offer that here in the physical realm. So if it's mead or a whiskey or a cup of coffee or a cola 
whatever you you take with you spiritually that you offer it physically as well just as sort of that that connection uh, right right part right. of the journey well that's important because you know an offering isn't like i don't think of it as payment i don't think of it as i owe you yeah no of, i think gift. of it exactly i think of it as oh please allow me to do this it brings me joy and um you know i was telling someone just the other day whenever we give give offerings or gifts or even prayers as 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 offering because we're giving our energy you know through a a prayer or whatever um it strengthens our relationship and whenever we can strengthen our relationship it strengthens our contact to them so instead of like oh hail goddess whoever blah 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 she of the holy hill blah 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 for an hour (laughs) you just say Hey Freya, how you doing? Boom, she's there because we have a strong connection, and and you know, oh, funny thing is, have you ever can have you ever conjured some spirits in the south? This is kind of a joke. Um, instead of calling the directions, they say, "Hey y'all, it's time to do ritual," and that's how you call spirits in the in the south. <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. I actually knew. I actually knew a. A um a pagan who did that. She was so country, and you have to remember, I'm from Texas, so I cracked me up. She was like, "Hey y'all, it's time to do magic," and, sh- and sh- sure enough, that wind picked up, and I was like, "You know, it sounds simple, but girl, got some, she got some power there." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I, I would be, I would be uh, paying attention to that person for sure. She was That's- awesome. She smoked you- a cigar. <laughs> and, and you know uh, that kind of connection comes by building that relationship. It's like it's like building a relationship with human beings. Absolutely. Uh, when I see things that I think somebody likes, I'll pick it up and get, just give it to them. Not not because I expect something in return, or I'm going to expect a payment or or give it to them as a payment. You know, and I think that's how we deal with um, the beings and with our gods and goddesses. It's just like, don't just give something because we're going to ask them for help in something or we're coming to them at a bloat or we're coming to them at a uh, a journey just or for whatever. Just say, you know what? Hey, Freya or Edun or Hell or whoever, Sigin, I just think I was just thinking of you. and I'm going to give you this. And that's amazing. You know. I keep coming back to the whole thing about open heart. It's heart center, you know, you have an open heart. And I even tell people if you are broke, like you can't even afford to eat that day, you can give your personal energy because, because the gods and the spirits and the ancestors they're like, wow, he didn't have anything to give us. So he gave of himself, you know, that's amazing to them, and they and and can they get it? The other thing they also get is if you're making plenty of cash and you don't give anything, they're like, okay, well now you're just being neglectful, and not because they need something. They're spirits. I mean, they can do whatever they please, or gods, they can do whatever they please, but it's because they want to feel appreciated they want they also want to share that connection with you and so if you're not giving offerings and i will admit i've i've forgotten ever so often or for some reason if you've ever been in a deep trance and you come out of it and you're like i need to go to bed man i just spent two hours in ceremony and then halfway at at 4 a.m i'm like i forgot an offering (laughs) 
if you give it the next day, they're fine with that because they also know humans are silly and we make mistakes and we forget things and we're not perfect. So I was just like in the morning, I was like, I'm so sorry. Please take this mead. <laughs> and they're like, you're fine. It's fine. You know, that's great. <laughs> so awesome. So, so cool stuff. Well, Chris, we've been talking so long. It doesn't seem like it, but it I know I can do this forever. Uh, me too. And we will be doing this again as we get closer to the launch of your book to when it comes out, which is um, Other Word, Other World Ecstatic Witchcraft for the Spirits of the Land. And um, go ahead and folks can check out your other book offerings, which are available on Amazon. Are they available on other platforms as well? Um, I know they're on Amazon. I did a search the other day and i know you can order them from walmart i don't okay. even know how i don't even know how that's a thing but i was like that's okay cool. sure, sure okay i guess sure i don't well, know you know uh jamie della's book of spells was uh, is available through i think target and i was like okay that's cool i got to meet her and and read her book as well and it's really cool that is so cool we'll have links to the uh the books and uh, we'll we'll let people be able to pick some of those up check them out and uh, check out Other World when it comes out because it will be fun. And we'll have you back on to talk more in depth about that. This has been really a fun conversation. Thank you so much for taking some time to uh, spend with us. I've had so much about- fun. I have had so much fun. I have to tell you, this is a fun podcast. I've done several, several, several. And I think I've had the, the most fun on this one. Oh, that makes me feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> then we're going to have you back all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so uh folks can check out your mystic chat uh on youtube and we'll have links in the notes and uh where else can we find our uh, chris allen <laughs> calling you chris alan because i'm thinking french or something but it's chris allen <laughs> i know i'm it looks strange but i have a plain last name um i'm on facebook you can also find me on chris allen author teacher healer um you can f- a friend, Mickey, I usually take almost anybody as friends. Only because I'm like, we're all magical. It's cool. It's cool. It's fine. Um, and that's all I can think of right now. <laughs> well, I'll link, I'll link your author Facebook page and uh, we'll have the other links in there. And thanks so much for joining us. This has been a really fun conversation. Thank you. And, so much fun. Uh, yeah, well, we can't wait to have you back. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please leave positive comments on iTunes and other podcast distributors. This helps others to find the podcast. Please send feedback and ideas to giftsoftheweird at gmail.com. Follow the podcast on Twitter at WeirdGifts, Facebook at Gifts of the Weird, and on Instagram at WeirdGifts1. Check out the show notes for links. Thank you, and hail the gods. Laws they made them, laws they made them, and life allotted to the sons of men, to the sons of men, and set their face.